Welcome to the Week 15 edition of the News and Records HS Extra Football Pep Talk Podcast. I'm Joe Serrera, and I am joined once again this week by my podcast partner, J.P. Mundy. J.P., great to have you. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. Uh, it's a cliche with Thanksgiving, but uh, we've got football with all the trimmings this week. Third round of the uh, State High School Association playoffs. And we are basically just going to run through these games, talk a little bit about the games and about how these teams got here. And we're going to go uh, big schools to small schools. And we're going to start with Class 4AA East, semifinal number seven, Richmond County at number six, Page. And that is the game that you will be covering for the News and Record, JP. Yeah, I, I'm excited to to cover this one simply because I didn't think we'd see uh, Paige again. Uh, I didn't think they'd ever come back home, and uh, you know they've 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 gone out and uh, they took care of Lumberton at home. Then they went up to Wake Forest and pretty much did on paper at least the unthinkable and, and beat that 12 and 0 team. Mm-hmm. And you know they had, I think led for most of that game, if not all of it. They got down 14 yeah. nothing early, and then pretty much shut down Wake Forest the rest of the way. The only other points, and, and the 14 nothing was off of Page mistakes early. The only other score for Wake Forest was a pick six where the ball hit uh, a Page receiver in the hands, bounced up, picked off, run back. So uh, a pretty strong performance by the Pirates. And it's following their theme, you know. They've started to slow down 14 against Reagan, unfazed by it, and, you know, they come back and score points. They have a lot of poise, you know, and when they play mistake free football, they are just a juggernaut. You yeah. know, I think maybe we haven't given them as much credit as they deserve, but when they're playing mistake free football, they're as good as anybody in the state. And we were just talking, you know, two more wins and, you know, they're they're an easy state title can, you know candidate I guess yeah yeah and you know it's to to beat that Wake Forest team that was was very strong defensively uh Kevin Gillespie, the page coach, uh, had obviously heard about and seen on film Wake Forest defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence, who's one of the top ten recruits in the country, according to uh, pretty much all the recruiting services. Uh, Kevin said that, that Dexter Lawrence is the best high school defensive lineman he has ever seen, and it's not even close, and yet they still managed to move the ball against them. That says an awful lot about the Page offensive line, which we knew, big, strong athletic group, and about the Page skill position players. You know, juniors at quarterback and running back, Will Jones and Javon Leak, DeAndre Overton, James Ellis, Jeremy Level, Miles Faison. They, they've got a lot of weapons, and, you know, they, they keep talking every week about not starting slowly, about not making mistakes, and, you know... It, it, Coach Gillespie said, you know, it may never happen that they, that they play mistake-free and that they start quickly and start the way they should. But if they ever do, you know, that, that's a team that, that could that could beat just about anybody in the state. The pieces are all there. Uh, great great guys on defense, too. Elijah Diarasuba is a, uh, a really good high school defensive tackle. I mean, he's in the oh, backfield yeah. constantly. Tyler DeBerry. Uh, he's having a great playoff, by the he's way. He's having a great playoff. Jeremy Level, you know, in the secondary. DeAndre Overton has two touchdowns on pick sixes this year. You know, why that, are they still throwing to him? Why uh, are they doing that? He's six foot four with hands bigger than the size of my car. Why are they still throwing at him? I think some of it is that he 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 has a lot of range back there in the secondary, and sometimes they're not throwing at him where they think they're not throwing at him. And by the time the ball gets there, he's there, and they have thrown to him. And you know, as you say, the hand the hands are impressive, the skill set is impressive. I mean, it's a good football. 
football team. Uh, Richmond County uh, is the one team that's beaten Dudley this year, and that is certainly uh, on the minds of the Page players and coaches. They know that. That game was on, on the uh, the washout weekend where there were a bunch of games that were rained out. Page lost 31-30 East, East Forsyth on that Friday night in a great game. Well, that Monday night was the Richmond County-Dudley game, and Kevin Gillespie, the Page coach, was there watching that game. So he had a firsthand look at Richmond. Uh, he was impressed with how physical they are, how fast they are, how athletic they are. You have to be all three of those th- things to win at Dudley, and they did that. But that was the game where Richmond County scored 14 points, like right off the bat, and then hung on. Uh, you know, Page can't afford to go down 14 nothing. I don't think to Richmond County. But uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be a good matchup. You know, at this stage of the playoffs, every team is capable of uh, beating you. And you know, we we've got some great teams around here, but they're going to have to play like champions to keep advancing. And speaking of that, we've got a great rematch uh, over in Forsyth County on Friday night in Class 4 AA West. Number 5 West Forsyth, number 1 East Forsyth. They met back on September 4th, East winning that one 24-21. Rivalry between the schools, the teams, the coaches. I mean, that that's going to be a great football game over there that uh, the Winston-Salem Journal, our sister paper, will give us coverage on. And, you know, you are familiar, obviously, with both of those teams, JP. And, again, you know, if, if East wins that game and one more against probably either, well, it would either be Mallard Creek or Huff from the Charlotte area, they're in the state championship game. What, what do you have to say about West and East? Well, West and East is a big enough rivalry without putting it, you know, on the Friday after Thanksgiving. You mm-hmm. know, this is a high-stakes deal. Um, you know, it's a long-time rivalry between the schools, and especially, you know, lately it's been really heated, you know, just because of the coaches and the personalities involved, Adrian Snow, you know, Todd Willard both have, you know, outspoken personalities, and they're real fiery, and they're both just excellent football coaches. And so there's going to be a lot of intensity. Um, I don't know. Um, you know, West Forsyth is certainly more than capable of beating East Forsyth, I would think. But East Forsyth is playing right now. I, I You know, I, it's hard to see that train stop, stopping rolling this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sure that Coach Willard has for his guys. You know, this is a – you know, they're in the third round now for, I think, only the third time in his career. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, this is a, a, a real chance for for the Eagles. They can see it. You know, they talk about it their first practice, about getting that ring. You know, they see it. And they're, they're, they're just playing well at all positions right now, and it's rare to see that. And I think you know, they're, they're very much like Paige. They are, they are rolling uh, on all cylinders right now. Yep. And we we mentioned Dudley, the uh, the only loss the Panthers have had this season was 14-12 back on September 28th to Richmond County, the team that's at Page on uh, Friday night. And Dudley, home in Class 4A West, number one seed, playing number four South Caldwell. Uh, to say that South Caldwell's wing T offense is ground-oriented would be a massive <laughs> understatement. Uh, they have uh, attempted the Spartans 20 passes all season, 14 of 20, 189 yards, a touchdown and an interception for their quarterback, Jensen Weaver. But uh, they are they are assuredly ground-oriented. Uh, they've got three backs who've gone for over 500 yards on the ground, including the quarterback, Weaver. But Dudley has experience with the wing team. Not many teams see that anymore. Southeast Guilford uh, in Dudley's own conference, the Metro 4A. Uh, regular season finale for both of those teams was a uh, 49-6 Dudley win. Southeast did drive the field on them with their first possession out of that wing tee. 
got a touchdown, but after that, it was all Dudley. Uh, Southeast struggled to move the ball against that Dudley defense the rest of the way, and I would not expect to see much different uh, South Caldwell at Dudley. Uh, I just don't think that this Dudley team is going to be stopped anytime soon. Uh, What's that, uh, what was that stat you gave me about Connell? Like South Caldwell team total offense for the season: two thousand three hundred ninety-one yards. Connell Young, rushing and receiving yardage combined: two thousand eight hundred fifty-one yards for Dudley. <laughs> so he's he's got almost five hundred yards himself, more than the entire South Caldwell team. 21-26 on the ground for Connell Young, 725 receiving. That, that's the thing that gets overlooked with him a lot of times and, and makes me wonder why more colleges, more Power 5 ACC schools haven't jumped in on him. Right. The, kid, the kid could probably, you know, if they go three more games and, and Dudley chooses to throw to him, he's going to have 2,500 yards rushing and over 1,000 yards receiving. How, how many high school kids do that? You know, he's just a tremendous talent plays hard every snap. He's a good blocker, too. I mean, uh, he he's a weapon, and, you know, they, they just they give him the ball and, and let him do his thing. They've got some other running backs now to compliment him. A sophomore up from uh, JV, uh, Zarek Rush-Foxworth, who has been very impressive in two games, a couple of touchdowns already. Simeon Gatling, very, very good defensive back, one of the best in the year. They're using him on offense at running back since Ezra Perkins suffered a season-ending uh, ankle injury. Yeah, there's just so much to like about this Dudley team. Their defense has not given up a point since the first drive of that Southeast Guilford game in the regular season finale. Uh, they're not going to pitch shutouts all the way, but the fact that they're capable of doing that against any competition speaks to the strength of that team and that program. If they win this one, more than likely, they're going to get Charlotte Catholic at home. It's either going to be uh, Charlotte Catholic. Well, I, I'm not even sure who the other team is in that side of the bracket. North Davidson. North Davidson. An another team that, that's on a bit of a roll. Only one loss this season. Kennedy McCoy, obviously, the excellent running back there. But, uh, you know, they, that Dudley team is, is rolling and definitely seems to be headed toward a state championship game appearance. Moving down to Class 3AA East, Northern Guilford, number 13 seed, going to number one, Fayetteville Terry Sanford. You know, we I, I've certainly underestimated Northern at times. They've had some rough games this season. Uh, the the loss to Page in the opener was just, in Northern's opener, was just, just a total blowout. They lost to Eastern Alamance. They lost to Western Alamance. They lost to Moorhead. Three conference losses. Every time that they lost, they regrouped. They got it together for their next game and, and have got things going. The big key for Northern, though, has been the health of running back C.J. Freeman. Broken foot during the second quarter of last year's state championship game win over Matthews Weddington. Had surgery on that. As Coach Johnny Roscoe has pointed out, it was major surgery. Took him a while to really get comfortable and really get back. And the last couple of games, over 250 yards rushing. It's the C.J. Freeman who... Uh, South Carolina offered uh, during his sophomore year is the one we're seeing now. And if he keeps rolling, uh, there's there's no reason to believe that that uh, this Northern Guilford team won't keep rolling too. Yeah, Fayetteville, Terry Sanford's a, a number one seed. They've got a uh, good running back, uh, converted quarterback Jordan McRae, who's over 1,100 yards this season. They really got things going when they put a sophomore Christian Jane in a quarterback to replace him and move McRae to running back. 
The other thing that's a little bit overlooked with Northern is how much their defense has improved. They were playing a bunch of freshmen and sophomores early in the year uh, in their the the back of their defense and the secondary linebacker, and some of those kids are still there, and they've grown up, and they've gotten some guys back healthy. Trajan Relliford, who we thought was going to be a very good defensive lineman for them this year, got hurt early, didn't play a lot. He's back playing, not 100% yet, but still playing and, and contributing. And then last week, the, the medical marvel of the season, Tucker Horde, great receiver, great defensive back, senior leader for this Northern Guilford team, just a, just a good football player and a tough kid, suffers a broken ankle. I was there at Western Alamance on September 28th in, on a, a wet field in a swampy turf, breaks an ankle, has surgery. He came back last week and played against Ashboro, limited to just offense last week. I suspect he'll get a little more maybe on kick returns or defense this week, but just an amazing comeback, and, and another reason this Northern Guilford team has has been impressive in what they've done in the playoffs. I mean, do, do you want to pick against them, JP? I did pick against them. Oh, I did pick. I, and, and, I know. And, you know, and, and it goes against every fiber of my being. I was in the press box at, at at Southern last night, and I was giving everybody up in the box updates because Lord knows my game wasn't very exciting. And once that final started to trickle out to everybody. I heard the words, Johnny's going to win another state title more than five times. Oh, yeah. Including from our good friend Spencer Turkin. Yep. So, I, I mean, it was just a, it was like it was a foregone conclusion. Everybody just looked at each other bewildered and just said, there, he is going to win another chance, state championship. And it's just amazing. I mean, he's got those kids. Uh, he, excuse me. He's had those kids all year, no matter what the circumstance is, is you know, whether it's hoard in, hoard out, or C.J. Freeman hurting, they played together, they stayed together, and their defense has been pretty much locked down. Yeah, and it's he'll, he'll, Johnny will tell you it, it's a tribute to his coaching staff. You know, a, a great bunch of coaches, very different personalities, very different coaching styles, some, some yellers, some quiet guys, some older guys, some younger guys, but they get those kids ready. They, they have been a big reason why that team has regrouped after the tough losses that they've had. The reason that they've dealt with a lot of those injuries, but you know that that's a good football team. And and uh, Miles Timmons, a quarterback, they figured out kind of like Southern Guilford, a team we're going to touch on in a second, figured out very early on what its quarterback Rayshon Knight was good at and what he wasn't, and they put him in a position to succeed. Northern has done the same thing with Miles Timmons. They they realize that throwing the ball downfield is not his strong suit. Running the read zone, he's really good at. And once C.J. Freeman gets rolling, defenses load up for him. And Miles Timmons goes for 40, 50 yards. And, he, and he's a good runner. And he can throw the quick outs. He can, he can throw some screen passes. He does enough to keep the defense honest. And, again, good coaching job there to, to put him in the right positions, positions to succeed. And we'll see about Northern Guilford. I mean, they they love playing on the road in the playoffs. Their players have told me that they almost like, you know, they miss their home fans, but so many of them travel anyway. But they love playing on the road. They love going into hostile environments. They've done it in the state playoffs before. And, you know, uh, I picked them this week. Uh, I'll probably regret it. They'll probably regret me picking them based on my track record in uh, some of the games this year. But uh, it's just been fun to watch that team and those kids regroup and keep bouncing back and just just look like the Northern Guilford team that we've seen in the past in the playoffs the last few weeks. I mentioned Southern Guilford. They are in 4A East or 3A East. I'm sorry. Number four seed, 11 and two, and they go to number one Eastern Alamance, a 13 and 0 team. 
from Northern Guilford's conference, a team that I saw beat Northern Guilford. Uh, Eastern Alamance has one of, if not the best dual threat quarterbacks, some people would probably say uh, Chas Surratt from from uh, one of the Lincoln schools who's, I believe, headed to Duke. But John Lamont, 2,400 yards and 20 TDs passing, 1,800, almost 1,900 yards, and 35 touchdowns rushing. Now, that is a big 6'2", 205, 210 quarterback. The game I saw him play at Northern Guilford, he was lights out. He was 28 of 30 passing, and that's not considered his strong suit, but a, a, a big athletic quarterback who makes a lot of things happen. They've got a sophomore fullback who is going to be a Power 5 conference kid, Trey Bozeman. He's only got 533 yards rushing, but that's as much a tribute to the fact that he's their third running, their third runner behind Lamont and uh, their tailback, Kareem Walker. He's got eight touchdowns. Uh, Bozeman is a heck of a blocker and just a load when he carries the ball. Six 6'2", as a sophomore. Uh, schools are going to be following him very closely. And the Eagles also have a defense that's got 29 sacks. Everybody looks at their scoring and thinks, wow, what an offense. But they've got a defense, too. Now, Northern put up some points on them when, when Northern was having its struggles. So, you know, that, that's not an indestructible team. But John Kirby, who's the North Carolina coach for the Shrine Bowl this year, has done a phenomenal job with the Eagles building that program. And they are going to be a real challenge for Southern. Southern mentioned Rayshon Knight, the quarterback. His development's been such a key to their 10-game winning streak that's gotten them here. But the constant for the storm, and again, it gets overlooked because of some other things, has been that defense that they have. Athletic, aggressive, that might be the toughest defense that John Lamott has seen this season other than maybe Matthews. Oh, I'm sorry, Matthews Butler played Western Alliance. Let me backtrack on that. That might be the toughest defense that he sees all year. You know, They are very aggressive, very athletic, and even when... Southern Guilford was 1-2. and two. It was not their defense that was the problem. One of those losses was 10-0 to Southeast, and one of the touchdowns for Southeast came off of a turnover. Their uh, only game that they lost where they gave up points was 36-29 to Eastern Guilford in their opener, and they had five turnovers in that game that handed basically Eastern Guilford most of their points. If any defense is going to throw some things at John Lamont that he hasn't seen and maybe contain him at least, it might be the storm, but that's still a tough, tough task for Southern Guilford to go to Eastern Alamance. Yeah, and, and lest they not be with us still in next week's podcast, can I just say that last week's performance by the Storm was the most perfectly played football game I've, I've seen a team play this season. Yeah. That, they were unbelievable. You know, they played in every facet of the game. They were they were great. I mean, uh, you know, Knight's receivers were were aggressive going to the ball. They were they they were great. Their rushing attack was great, and you know their their defense did not care anything about you know the two stars for Wilson Fight. One of them's going to Richmond, and one of them's going to James Madison. You know, two Division One guys. And they were lot. They were just bottled up. The quarterback had a miserable night, and mm-hmm. that's all. That, that is a good football program. I mean, we talked early in the season about how they were a lot more than just Reggie Gillespie last year, and it was really unfortunate the way they got knocked out of the playoffs last year, an unbeaten team going for it in, in second or third overtime and going for two and, and couldn't come up with it, and a tough way for their season to end. But, you know, there were so many good players on that defense last year, and guys who were back on offense this year, Ron Hunt, receiver, Amon Harris at running back, Nigel Thomas, who's a running back slot guy, uh, a lot of offensive linemen back. I mean, 
that's a good football program every year, and I don't think it's enough credit for all of the things that they do, mainly, I think, because the conference that they've been in, the Mid-Piedmont 3A, only has one other Guilford County school, Western Guilford. It's mainly schools in Randolph County, Davidson County, Forsyth County. So, you know, they, they don't play the Guilford County teams nearly as much. But as you say, Daryl Brown and his staff, just, just another great job down there and, and have to take our hats off to them. Last two games we want to talk about very briefly. Uh, another another Cinderella story. You talked about Northern Guilford, obviously, there. Number 10 seed in Class 3A East is the Moorhead Panthers at 10-3. and They're going to number 3 Rocky Mount, 11-2. Moorhead finishes the regular season beating Northern Guilford for the first time in school history, 31-27 to lock up third place in the Mid-State 3A. Then they get a, a less than favorable draw, a Western Alamance team from their conference who finished second in the conference that they lost to during the regular season. Got to go to Western Alamance, got to go to Elon to play them. They win that one in overtime, 29-28. I'm sorry, 28-27. And then last week, they go to number one seed, Havelock, a team that you know, is, a, is a storied program. I mean, unbeaten. Every year, anyone looks at their bracket and, go, and sees Havelock and goes, oh, no, we got to go through Havelock. Well, Moorhead went through Havelock. They went there on the road, long trip, controlled that game from the beginning, and came away with a victory. And a big part of the success of that team this year has been their quarterback, uh, Will Dabbs, senior. Very good wrestler, key guy on the Moorhead team that won a state title two years ago in 3A, got to the finals last year and wrestled the same Newton Ford team that they wrestle every year for the state championship. But uh, he was a key part of those teams. He's thrown for over 2,300 yards, rushed for over 1,000 yards, 24 touchdown passes, uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to drink like I'm sorry, 27 touchdown passes, 16 rushing touchdowns. Just a great season for a dual threat quarterback and a big part of it. And Earl Bates, a former Reedsville assistant, really has built a strong program up there. You know, that that's just a great story, that Moorhead team this year, how far they've come. Uh, you know, their best season since at least 2005, and you probably have to go back farther than that. You know, we, we haven't seen much of them this year, unfortunately, but... Uh, just a great story, and it wouldn't shock me to see them go to Rocky Mountain win the way that team is playing. Did you pick them? I did, in fact. You picked Moorhead? I sure did. How about you? Wait a minute. I picked Moorhead. I thought we were different on that game. Nope. Okay. No. Well, Jeremy some... Phillips would kill me if I didn't pick, pick Moorhead. So. Exactly, and and he's he's more than capable of doing that. The uh, former oh, NFL oh, lineman, Moorhead grad, and uh, color commentator with our friend Spencer Turkin on the ESPN Triad Radio uh, High School Football Broadcast. Last game, not the least, Class Two AA East, Number Four Clinton at. The top-seeded Andrews Red Raiders, uh, 2013 state champions. They are 12-1. and Their only loss, we keep coming back to it, that, that loss seven points to Southwest Guilford in their opener. Uh, you look back on that, yes, yeah, Southwest Guilford had a nice finish, but th- that game still jumps out as, as an anomaly. Uh, you know, don't, don't know tons about Andrews because, frankly, we haven't seen much of them this year, but a team with a stable, and that's putting it mildly, of running backs. And they run wing T stuff and stuff that is wing T principle out of a spread occasionally just to, to throw something different at the defense. And Coach Rodney McCoy's team just plays good football and they are they are a strong playoff team. 
You know, uh, there's no reason to believe that they won't get back to uh, a state championship game where they won the title two years ago. We've got to get Coach McCoy to the state championship finals just to, just to hear him talk at the, at the press conference. He's he's great. We had the pleasure of doing a podcast with he and uh, High Point Central coach Wayne Jones before last season, before their rivalry game. And uh, both both guys were great. Co- coach McCoy is always, always fun to talk football with. And, you know, he, he tells it like it is. We have a number of coaches like that in this area, and that's great. You don't get a lot of coach speak. <laughs> yep, exactly. They make our job easier. Well, yeah. that is going to be about it for this week's edition of the HS Extra Football Pep Talk Podcast. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, we want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving this week. Uh, and we want to remind you that for all your high school sports coverage in print, read the news and record daily. And for the latest high school sports news online, you should check out our website, hsextra.com. And on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe Serrera NR for News and Record, and you can follow JP at JP underscore M U N D Y. Good deal. Thanks for listening.